0: Welcome, everyone, to the Bridge of Faith podcast. We are so glad you're listening today. We hope you are blessed and encouraged by today's message. God bless. And, Lord, it's about you. It's about you. It's for you, not for or about anything else, God. But it is all about you. So please, Lord, have your way with us this morning. Draw us to you, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen, amen, you guys. Go ahead and have a seat. Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. Hope no one forgot. If you did, this is your cue. Go somewhere nice afterwards. Don't leave right now. Yeah, 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 afterwards. Well, you know, 2021, we've been on this theme about breakthrough. About breakthrough so far. And you know, here we are now, halfway through February, and what God has put on my heart was Moses. You know, this is a big moment, obviously, today. Talking about us. It's a big moment. You know, we're all feeling differently about today and not sure what's next. But one thing I know we all want is a breakthrough. Is a breakthrough take place in our life? Is a breakthrough to take place in our family. We want a breakthrough to happen. And Moses also wanted a breakthrough to take place in his life. And what I want to do today is look at just a just a a quick synopsis of key moments in Moses' life. We're gonna look at how he not only had a breakthrough, but more importantly, he redefined his breakthrough. And that's what I believe believing God wants to do for all of us. And when we get to that point to where we not just have a breakthrough, but we more importantly redefine what our breakthrough is, man, our lives will be changed forever. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love you. We worship you, God. I give you your word. Father, it all belongs to you. I just ask you to open up our eyes and our ears to hear from you this morning, Lord God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. The first thing about Moses' life that we want to start with, and it's usually where we all start with in our own spiritual journey, it's with Moses' identity. More of his identity crisis that Moses was going through. And so Moses, if you didn't know, he was, you know, he is born a Hebrew, but he is raised as an adopted Egyptian. You see, during this time, the Hebrew people were slaves in Egypt, and there was a new pharaoh in town, and he didn't like the Hebrew people. And so he said, every male Hebrew child that is born, have them killed. But the midwives of that time feared God, Scripture tells us. And so they didn't do that. And so Moses is born, and his mom raises him up. But then it gets to a point to where where his mom is like, I can't hide Moses anymore. And so if you know the story or see in the movie, she puts him in this basket, sends him on down the Nile River, but keeps a close eye on him. And then all of a sudden, down the river, Moses, or, uh, Pharaoh's daughter is there, and she sees Pharaoh's daughter of all people take Moses. And all of a sudden, she cares for him. It says, I want to raise this boy. And wisely, it gets to work out to where Moses' own mother gets to wean him. That means kind of raise him up in his early years until it's time to give him back. So here he is getting to be with his mom in a Hebrew house, but then go back to being raised by Pharaoh's daughter as an adopted Egyptian. So as you can imagine, Moses is going through some type of identity crisis Asking that question that maybe you've asked, who am I? Who am I, God? I mean, I don't feel like I'm fully a Hebrew. I don't feel like I'm fully an Egyptian. Who am I? And as we may have dealt with uh, with this in your life, one thing that it led to Moses was having an anger problem. He had anger issues. And so one day he sees an Egyptian mistreating a Hebrew slave. He gets in a fight with this Egyptian and he kills him. Word gets out, and now Moses is scared for his life. And so it says he runs away into the wilderness. He leaves everything. He runs away into the wilderness. You know, we all need to have a wilderness experience. You know that? God wants all of us, especially today, especially living here in the Bay Area where everything is always so busy. All this technology. I mean, I got, you know, three different technologies on my desk right here. You know, I mean, we're just always so busy. God wants us to have a moment, especially in our early years, walking with him to get away, to get rid of these phones or these iPads or the laptops, get away with God. I remember in middle school when I gave my heart to God, I was in eighth grade. And there was two months at Bernard White where every day during lunch, I grabbed my Bible, I took with me, and I had a book on me too that like my youth pastor gave me. And I went to my favorite teacher's lunchroom and just stayed in her room during lunch every day, and just read the Bible, I took notes, I mean, this is a 14-year-old, you know, I know what I was doing, but all I knew was that I wanted to get away with God, I wanted to kind of, you know, separate myself from my friends for a little bit, and just get away, so I could really discover, who am I, God? Who am I? And God wants that for all of us. So Moses has this wilderness experience, he's in the wilderness, and actually, he meets his wife there, he meets his wife, and then, and the, And then they have their own family. And this is what it says in Exodus chapter 2, verse 22. Moses' wife now, she gave birth to a son, and he called his name Gershom. For he said, I have been a sojourner in a foreign land. Catch that. Moses' words, he finally comes to this realization, and he admits, finally, he's saying, uh, in my Hebrew, in my Egyptian, he comes to this realization of his identity, and he says, I am a sojourner in a foreign land. Your version might say, I am a stranger in a foreign land, or, you know, I am an alien in a foreign land. Basically, Moses is saying, I am lost, and, you know, that's a very first, a good first step that we all need to take. To say, Jesus, I don't have all the answers. Jesus, I am nothing without you. Jesus, I am lost without you. That's a great place to start with our identity because it starts from scratch. It gives God this clean surface for him to build on now in Moses' life. Moses finally admits you know who I am? It's not that I'm a Hebrew or I'm an Egyptian or I don't know, but I am a sojourner in a foreign land. That's who I am right now. So now this takes us to probably the next important step in Moses' life and in all of our lives. After we kind of come to grips with our identity and hopefully it's saying, God, my identity is that I'm lost without you. Then the next important thing that you're going to ask is what, is what is my purpose? God, what is my purpose? What do you want me to do now in life, right? What do you want me to do? So Moses has this encounter with God. He's in the wilderness tending his sheep, and he has this encounter with God through a burning bush. And through this encounter with God, you know, he has this huge conversation, and God tells him what his purpose is. He says, you are going to go back to Egypt, and you are going to free my people from Egypt. You are going to lead them out of there. And so now, what happens when God puts something heavy on our heart to do? When God says, I want you to quit your job and go back to school. Or I want you to, you know, have that serious conversation with your friend or a relative that maybe it's been tough between you guys lately. You know, God tells us to do something. I want you to save this much a month. He says, I want you to start giving this amount a month. What do we do then, right? Right. Usually what we do is what Moses did. We start making excuses. We could all be good at that, right? Making excuses, especially when God puts something big on our heart to do. But God, you know, I can't just call this person up and just, you know, start a conversation. We haven't spoken in years. God, I can't save this much to get out of debt because you know my finances. But God, but God, we make excuses, right? When God has a purpose on our heart and tells us to do something. We make excuses. So Moses has this dialogue with God where he basically tells God, you know, Moses says, God, who am I to do this? Who am I to do this? God tells him, I will be with you. Moses says, but what if they don't listen to me? God says, let me show you my great power. God tells Moses, take that staff in your hand, throw it on the ground. He throws it on the ground. It turns into a snake. He said, picks it up, and then God tells him, pick up that snake. He picks it up, it turns back into his staff again. God says, I'm going to show you my great power. Then Moses says, but I, I, I can't do this, God. You don't understand. I physically can't do this. I am old and I have a stuttering problem, Right. Scripture tells us that Moses says that he had faltering lips, so it could have been a stutter, could have been some kind of speech impediment he had. He said, I can't go talk to Pharaoh. I can't do this. God says, who gave you your tongue? Moses then says, please, send someone else. Send someone else. Please, God. Then God, in his mercy and his kindness said, fine, you know what? Your brother Aaron, he's a good speaker. He's a good man. All right, so he will go with you, okay? And so here's this dialogue going back and forth between Moses making an excuse and God basically telling Moses, trust me. Moses, just trust me. But, 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 no, no, just trust me. But this God, no, 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 trust me. When God puts something serious on your heart, saying I want you to do this, whatever it may be, when you feel God put that on your heart, our job is to trust him. Now, our flesh is going to want to make excuses, but our job is to trust him. Basically, God is telling Moses, I will enable you. I will provide for you. I will be there with you. I will see you through this. And that's what God is saying to each and every one of us here today. Whatever you feel it is that God has put on your heart to do, you may feel scared, you may feel worried. He is saying, I will be with you. I will provide for you. I will enable you. I will see you through this. All you got to do is trust in me. So then Moses, you guys may know the story. He goes on to Egypt, takes his brother with him. They go through the ten plagues. Finally, finally they let the... Uh, Hebrew people go, they cross the Red Sea, and now they're doing it, right? Here they are now. But remember, Moses' breakthrough, what God tells him is that there's a land for you, a land flowing with milk and honey. This is your promised land. This is where you are to lead the Israelite people. So this takes us to the next important part of Moses' life and in our lives as well. In Exodus chapter 33, starting at verse 13... This is what Moses tells God. He says, Now, therefore, if I have found favor in your sight, please show me now your ways, that I may know you in order to find favor in your sight. Consider, too, that this nation is your people. And he said, God told Moses, my presence will go with you, and I will give you rest And Moses said to God, if your presence will not go with me, do not bring us up from here. I love this dialogue that Moses has with God, right? Here he is basically saying, God, show me your ways. God, this nation is not my people, it's your people. And then he says, don't even bring me from here if your presence doesn't go with us. This great dialogue that he has that basically It's this, Moses finally comes to terms and he is what I like to call committed to the surrender. That's the next important part. After you discover your identity, who you are in Christ, after you discover your purpose, what God wants you to do, the next step for all of us is be committed to the surrender. Committed to the surrender. Jesus told his disciples this. Jesus said this in Matthew 16, 24. Jesus said to his disciples, if any of you wants to be my follower, which I believe we all want to follow Jesus, right? He said, if any of you wants to be my follower, then what do you got to do? He said, you must give up. Say give up. Give up. up. You must surrender, right? You must give up your own way. You must surrender your own way. He said, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross and follow me. Choosing to be a Christian, choosing to follow Jesus is saying, I'm committed to a surrendered life. I'm committed not to, you know, pursue, you know, what I want, but I want what you want for my life now, God. I want what you want for my family now, God. That is being committed to the surrender. And you know the beautiful part in all that is that life can be stressful, right? God, like, what am I supposed to do now, God? Where am I supposed to go? Who am I supposed to marry? Where am I supposed to live? Where am I supposed to work? You know, like, life could be stressful. But when you are committed to the surrender, you know what happens? God relieves that stress. Because now he says, cast upon me all your burdens and I will sustain you. But that only happens when we are committed to the surrender, not to doing things our way, but to doing things His ways. Because then, you know what happens? COVID hits. You lose your job. Your 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 body goes through all these physical ailments. But guess what? You're committed to the surrender. So now you know that no matter what happens, God is in control. God is in control, and it's just, and, and 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 it is just. Simply becomes your identity. It becomes who you are. And what I love is how Greco Shell says this, Pastor Greco Shell. He says this he compares trying versus training. The mindset of trying versus the mindset of training. So, you know, maybe you had New Year's resolutions. And here we are, middle of February now. And maybe whatever your New Year's resolutions were, maybe to lose some weight, maybe to get out of debt, maybe to do whatever, right? If you are just trying that out, most likely halfway through February, you stopped, right? Because you wanted to start exercising, but guess what? You start exercising, then you get sore. And the next day you wake up, you're like, I don't think I'm I'm gonna rest today. Today's gonna be a rest day. And it turns into a rest week and a rest month, and then just you know, you're not exercising anymore, right? Because we had the mindset of, I'm trying this out, I'm trying out this diet. I'm trying out this new, you know, how to get out of debt plan. I'm trying out to restore these broken relationships in my life. I'm I'm just trying out. But when you have the mindset of I'm in training, now it's when things get tough, I'm not giving up. I'm in training. It's supposed to be tough, right? I'm in training. I'm not trying. I'm not trying to grow closer to God. I'm not trying to get over my addictions. I'm in training. That means that I may fail in training. I may have bad days in training, but I'm not trying this out. I'm not half in and half out. I'm all the way in, and I'm in training. So I may have bad days, but I'm in training. So I'm going to keep going forward. You know, I grew up playing football. My, my very first year playing organized football was eight years old. My last year playing college football was 21 years old. And, you know, growing up playing football, especially once I got into high school, Man, I would have quit playing football if my mindset was I was in training. Or, or, I'm sorry, if I was just trying this out. Because it was hard. I made mistakes. I had bad days. I was always sore. But no, I was willing to go to school at 7 o'clock to work out. Jermaine was there. I was willing to, you know, to, to go ahead and stay after school and practice. To go ahead and go back to the gym. I was willing to do all that because... My mindset was, I'm in training. I'm in training. I'm not trying this out. I'm in training. So Moses has this point where he is now committed to the surrender. Committed to the surrender. He's all the way in. And when we get to that point where we are now committed to the surrender and we're all the way in with God, that is when we discover his presence. That is when we discover his power in our lives like never before. Like never before. Now this leads to the fourth area. This leads to the fourth area now. You discovered your identity. You discovered your purpose. You're now committed to the surrender. And when you make that, initially things start going good, right? Because you're happy. You're like, man, I'm a new person, right? I'm getting out of debt. I'm I'm, I'm starting to lose some weight. I'm, I'm growing closer to God. Whatever you're trying to have that breakthrough in your life in, right? And things are going good. And then we fall flat on our face. We have a bad day. We have a bad week. We mess up. We go back to our old ways. And we make a mistake. We sin. We fall flat on our face. So here we are now. You know, maybe, maybe we grew too comfortable. Maybe, you know, we just let our guard down a little bit. This is going to happen to Moses. In Numbers chapter 20, starting at verse 10... The Israelites are complaining again to Moses. And now it says this. Then Moses and Aaron gathered the assembly together before the rock. And he said to them, hear now, you rebels. Shall we bring water for you out of this rock? And Moses lifted up his hand and struck the rock with his staff twice. And water came out of this rock abundantly. And the congregation drank and their livestock. And the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, because you did not believe in me to uphold me as holy in the eyes of the people of Israel, therefore you shall not bring this assembly into the land that I have given them. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? You have spent, you know, almost 40 years of your life sacrificing for God, You know, your breakthrough was was leading them into the promised land. And now God says, you're not going to do it anymore. That's your consequence. Right? You know, the Israelite people, they always complained to Moses. They were too hungry. They were too thirsty. And then so Moses had this routine. Moses would go spend time with God. He would cry out to God on behalf of the people. Then he would listen to what God has to tell him. And then he would do what God told him to do. That was his routine. And so now here he is having to do this again. But every time he always, he always gave glory back to God and always did exactly what God told him to do. In this situation, though, he didn't do exactly what God told him to do. And he said, must I bring you water from this rock? He didn't give glory back to God. You see, Moses probably just had this moment where he was just in his flesh This moment where he was just tired of the complaining of the people. But you know what? When you have a routine of going to spend time with God, crying out to God for you and for others, and then listening to God and then doing what God tells you to do, Moses did this so many times. If that is our routine in life, when things get tough, guess what? God is going to mold us and shape us into a new creation. Right? But my question is, when we have hard times, who do we go to? Who do we listen to? Right? And so here's Moses going to God, hearing from God. And yeah, he makes a mistake. He does. He makes a mistake. He didn't do exactly what God told him to do. He didn't give glory back to God like he always did before. And so there are consequences in life. There are now, what they're going to be and why it's going to be, I don't know, right? But there are consequences. Scripture tells us that, that, that God disciplines us because he loves us. And so Moses is disciplined. And I'm going to be finishing up here, Eileen, if you can come on up. Moses doesn't give back credit or, or uh, uh, back to God. And do you know how Moses responds to this devastating news? Do you know how he responds to this devastating news? Well, a couple of things that he's going to do. He's going to pray a prayer of blessing over the people of Israel. Can you believe that? The same people who, who he could have said, you know what, it's your fault. All right. That's what I'm talking about. He could have said, it's your fault why I'm not entering the promised land. He didn't. He prayed a prayer of blessing. And then he wrote a worship song to God. Can you believe that? He could have said, God, I'm through with you. I spent 40 years trying to do this, and then now you're saying, I can't even go in because I make, mo- because I make one mistake. I'm done with you, God. He doesn't. He writes a worship song back to God. This takes me to the last point of Moses' life, and it's the redefining his breakthrough redefining his breakthrough. In Deuteronomy 34, starting at verse 1, this is how the story goes. Then Moses went up from the plains of Moab to Mount Nebu to the top of Pisgah, which is opposite Jericho, and the Lord showed him all the land. Gilead as far as Dan, all of Naphtali, the land of Ephraim and Manasseh, all the land of Judah as far as the western sea, the Negev, the plain that is the valley of Jericho, the city of palm trees as far as Zor. And the Lord said to him, this is the land of which I swore to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob. I will give it to your offspring. I have let you see it with your eyes, but you shall not go there. So Moses, a servant of the Lord, died there in the land of Moab, according to the word of the Lord. I always thought that this part was so messed up, right? Like, come on, God. You already told him that he can't go in, and now you tell him to climb up this mountain at 120 years old and say, hey, go look and see where you're not going to go. I always thought that was so messed up, right? Like if I was Moses, I'd be like, nah. I don't even want to see it. I'm just going to die right here. I'm not trying to climb no mountain. Moses doesn't say that though. He climbs that mountain. He looks out. He sees it. And then, you know, keep in mind he also wrote a worship song to God. He prayed a prayer, a blessing. He did all this knowing his consequence. How? You know what I believe? I think that Moses, his whole life, right, leading Israel, his breakthrough that he had in mind was my breakthrough is entering the promised land. Once I enter that promised land, man, then I've achieved it. I've got my breakthrough. But through all of the encounters that he had with God, the burning bush. The you know, if your presence doesn't go with me, then I'm not gonna go. All the times he cried out to God for the sake of the people. All those encounters with God's presence. You know why I think Moses realized why Moses wasn't so disappointed. I mean, he, Scripture does not tell us that that he just gave up, right? Why he wasn't so disappointed when he when when when, when he went up to go see the promised land was that he realized my breakthrough was not entering the promised land. My breakthrough is entering God's presence. I'm going to say it again. He realized my breakthrough in life over these last 40 years was not entering the promised land. My breakthrough is redefined now. My breakthrough is entering God's presence. So when he tells Moses that you're not going to enter the promised land, but you're actually going to die here, I believe that Moses' thought process was... Are you kidding me, God? Like, that small glimpse of your presence that I got to experience here on earth, you're telling me that I now get to go and experience that for eternity? Man, forget this promised land. No, I'm just kidding. But that's what his mindset was, I believe, which is why he didn't just give up on God right then and there. And so what I'm trying to say is this. We all have a breakthrough in mind. We all have a breakthrough that you have probably been praying for all of 2021 and more than that. Maybe it's a physical breakthrough. Maybe it's a financial breakthrough. Maybe it's a relationship breakthrough. What I'm trying to say is, what God wants all of us to do is redefine our breakthrough. I believe that you are going to reach your breakthrough. I believe it, right? I believe it. But what I believe even more is that God. Wants us all to redefine our breakthrough. To say, God, the real breakthrough is having more of your presence. It's having more of your presence. You know why? You could get that breakthrough you want in your relationship. You can get that breakthrough you want in your finances, in your health. You can get that breakthrough you want. But guess what? It could be taken back away. Or, You may never experience that breakthrough. And I can't tell you why. I don't know. I don't know. But one thing I do know, Moses continually encountered God's presence in his life. Because he did that, he realized me not entering the promised land isn't that big of a deal. Because me entering your presence means everything. And now, that's not a death wish, right? But why is it that all the disciples could die as martyrs for Christ. If you remember a while back ago, we had a prayer night, and I told the story of Chaplain Kapan. Chaplain Kapan in, in the Korean War gets taken to be, a, to be a prisoner of war, and he's there for years. And during that time, he's ministering to the soldiers. He's blessing the soldiers on both sides. Then finally, he gets sick, and it's time for him to be executed. And as the soldiers come to execute Chaplain Kapan, the, 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 the other prisoners of war start crying out, saying, no, don't take our chaplain away. Don't take our chaplain away. Chaplain Capon turns to all the soldiers and says, don't worry, boys. Don't worry, boys. I'm going where I always wanted to be. And then the prisoners of war tell the story that the last thing they saw as he entered the chamber to be executed was him praying a blessing over those that are about to execute him. This is the peace of mind, the peace of heart that you can have, not when you reach the breakthrough that you want, but when you redefine what your breakthrough is. When you redefine that your real breakthrough is having more of God's presence in your life. That's the peace of mind that this world, nothing else can bring and nothing else can take away. And that's my prayer for the bridge of faith. That's my prayer for everyone here. Wherever God takes you after this, is that the number one thing you'll want more than anything in life is God's presence. Because His presence changes everything. His presence changes the kind of spouse you're gonna be, the kind of human you're gonna be, the kind of worker you're gonna be, the kind of friend you're gonna be. His presence changes everything. So let's redefine our breakthrough. Let's make His presence be number one in our life. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love you. We worship you, God. Father, we can receive so much in this world. We can receive so little. But one thing that doesn't change is your presence, God. Your presence, Father. Father, we can receive our breakthrough. Or or we may be in prayer and hope and never receive that breakthrough. But receiving your presence. Is something that is guaranteed to everyone that says yes to you, that turns their heart to you, that says, I'm committed to the surrender. I'm all in for you, Lord God. When we do that, we experience your presence. We experience your power in our life to where we can leave our addictions, to where we can see you move mightily. And it's through your presence, God. It's through your presence. So I pray that all of us will come to this reality like how Moses did, that what I want more than anything is to be in your presence, God. I want to experience your presence here on earth. I want to experience your presence here in my family, at my workplace, wherever I go. I want to experience your presence there with me. So, God, we just ask for that, God, that our hearts will be fully in, fully fully surrendered, Lord God, committed to say, God, I want your presence more than anything else in my life, Father, because that will change everything about me. So I just ask you bless everyone here, Father. I just ask you watch over them, be with them wherever they go, Lord God. I just ask God that Your presence will go with them, and that just like Moses will say, if Your presence doesn't go with me to that job, then I'm not going to go. If Your presence doesn't go with me to that relationship, then I'm not going to enter it. If Your presence doesn't go with me wherever, then I'm not going to go because I want Your presence more than anything else in my life. So as you bless everyone here, God, the great day. And whatever else you you have in store for them, Father. Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Amen.